We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Jack Ramsey's Danny Morang. No Brandon Sprague because he's computer illiterate, uh, but I am joined by Sam Svetiari of the Light Years Pod uh, to talk Gary Payton II. Uh, thank you all for being here. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Sam is also uh, a wonderful, wonderful person behind the wonderful uh, system that we use to watch games at Watch Playback. Uh, so you can, uh, I don't say thank him, but uh, love him. Give him give him all the support because we love what they do at Watch Playback, and that's what allows us to do some really dope shit. So, Sam, thank you for joining us, man. Oh, yeah, no, Brandon is, uh, is uh, I'll let you guys know, um, Brandon texted me. And this is what he said, um, word for word. Keyboard isn't letting me use my letters. Hold up. Keyboard isn't letting me use my letters. <laughs> peak, peak radio guy. I, I, I want to bash him a little bit here just because I, I am one too. Uh, again, um, you know what? You were muted. It's okay. Sam, you are now up now, so. Um, oh, they muted. That was gold. I was yeah, making no, fun I, of Brandon. I know you were making fun of Brandon. That's that's too bad. Thank you guys. I, I did catch <laughs> that. Now uh, I had to change everything around because I had it all set up for the three of us, and I had to drop some stuff down. Um, but uh, for those that don't know, this is Sam Svendiar. He was making fun of uh, Brandon and his inability, inability or uh, lack of technical expertise. Um, but uh, Sam is here to talk about Gary Payton the second and during free agency. Sam, I sent you a message. He's ours. <laughs> and I ignored it. <laughs> you did ignore it. And I was like, oh, what a dick. <laughs> I was, you know what? I was I was curious how high teams were going to p- go for Gary. Mm-hmm. And Portland hit the number that the Warriors weren't going to match. I don't even, I don't think it's a reasonable number. I actually think the they got the Warriors on years. That's where they got the Warriors more than anything. I think if it was a... One plus one, maybe. But that third year, which really coincides with when, like, the Warriors have to think about 80 billion extensions. It Paying was just everybody. Nuts. Yeah, exactly. You know? So. And that's the thing is, under the previous management, Neil O'Shea probably would have been a one and one Because that's what he did with MLEs, is he handed out one and ones But Portland needed to get contracts on their books, first of all, that made sense. They needed to get players 
who fit what they want to do, which Gary does fit and we'll get into, because the way that they kind of deconstructed the team in season, they didn't bring money back in. And without doing that, you needed to make sure you got contracts on the book that made sense. Does the I, I heard a few people say that, that there was maybe a slight overpay for Gary Payton. Do you think that the price there, league-wide, did you think that was an overpay at all? No. Um, the biggest problem with the NBA, and problem's probably not even the right word, is the speed at which the cap increases, like the minute you normalize a certain number, it's already not what it was. You know, the cap went up 10% this year. Um, GP2 makes the mid-level. Actually, it doesn't even make the full mid-level. No, they didn't give the full. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a problem contract. Even if it, let, let's put it this way. If the worst case scenario uh, happens and he doesn't fit with Portland, I don't think they have an issue moving him in any capacity. And that is my threshold of if a contract's a good contract. Which, again, part of what they were attempting to do was to get the contracts under control because they just had some contracts, while not terrible, they weren't great. And they're trying to restructure some things while keeping their guys, bringing back Anthony Simons, bringing back Yusuf Nurkic. And I don't think Gary Payton's a guy that you look at in a year or two and go, I don't think we can move him. I also want to throw this out there. He's a guy who's playing 20 minutes per game in the NBA Finals. You got him for less than the mid-level. In general, that's a good that's a good deal. Like, there's not every player can play deep in the playoffs. And GP2 is definitely a playoff player. Which, this is, this is a perfect time to kind of dive into this whole idea of what he is as a player. Let's start from the beginning. Not just the, the bouncing around stuff, because that's all been documented. Why was he able to get into the rotation this time with the Warriors? Two reasons. One, they didn't try to make him a point guard. Um, every other stop he went to, they tried to have him play point guard. And he's just not an NBA point guard. There's just no other around it. Like, he needs to be a shooting guard. Most teams don't want a 6'2 shooting guard. Two, I think the more important thing is he got good enough at hitting catch-and-shoot threes to open up the rest of his game. His best skill by far on offense is his ability to cut and move off ball, and that predated the Warriors. You could see him moving off ball when the Warriors found him, um, signed him at the end of the previous season. We were like, oh, wow, he's a really smart cutter. He always knows, like, he cuts baseline at the right time, good timing, gets to the rim, knows how to move and space himself off of guys, but he just wasn't hitting jump shots at a rate that was quite good enough to stay in the rotation that came around once he became kind of a, you know, and he's not a shooter. He's not, you know, he's not Steph Curry. He's not Damian Lillard. All of his shots come from three places, either corner and at the rim. Yeah, exactly. But if you leave him open, he can hit it. And that's really all he needs to do. He needs to be able to hit an open feet set, catch and shoot because when he's cutting, he's very dangerous. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This evolution of the shooting guard, let's, let's call him a, 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 you know, a, a, a guard center. Like there's there's him, there's Bruce Brown. Draymond's kind of in this mold where he's just more of a, a big wing with some center-esque tendencies. But as we kind of downsize a little bit, one of the things that everybody has been so mad about in Portland is another 6'3 guy, it's another 6'3 guy. <laughs> it helped. This is people like understand your other six three guys. Thank you. Why? <laughs> he, Why is um, it? First off, he has like a six ten wingspan, so he plays like he's six six, six seven. Um, he is easily the best point of attack defender in the NBA. I feel very confident saying that. Anyone you want to compare him to, a best I might call it a draw. Maybe Drew Holiday is as good as him. I put him Maybe. on the same level as, as Drew, and when he gives a shit, Ben Simmons. Yeah. And Ben Simmons a little different because he's bigger and he can do different and he things. He can engulf you. But I'll put it this way. Andrew Wiggins had an amazing playoff run. He is a phenomenal defender now, especially when he's engaged. He had problems with Ja Morant. GP2 did not. GP2 could check Ja one-on-one on an island, which very few people can. It really frustrated Ja because... Jaw's not used to not being able to blow by someone on their first mm-hmm. step, but GP two a moves quick enough laterally. B has like all time great hands, like glove mitten, whatever you want to call it, young mm-hmm. glove. What is he like? Like he that part of Gary Payton, the seniors game, he inherited. And he throwing the that fact too. that he's two hundred twenty pounds. Yeah, I mean he's he's kind of built like a football player too. That's yeah. the other part of it. Um, the part that was awesome about him this year was he actually was really good at defending bigger wings too Mm -hmm. so you would think okay this is a guy you throw out there have him hound steph curry so damian lillard can you know kind of guard the weaker defender that sort of thing but the warriors went up against uh, a boston celtics team who runs their offense through jason tatum he guarded jason tatum really well tatum is one of the better wings in the league um he can credibly guard one through three and he makes life hell for lead guards and that's the thing is that when one of Dame or Ant isn't on the floor, one of Josh Hart and or Gary Payton II is going to be on the floor. You're, you're going to have guys that are bigger, stronger, and this is kind of what Joe Cronin and Chauncey Billups have. They're leaning, they're leaning into the skid right now of let's get bigger, let's get stronger. I know every time I say bigger, everybody's like, why isn't he six seven? Why is he six? Because <laughs> there's only fifteen of those guys in the league. That's why. There's hell. The Warriors took a chance on Wiggins because he fit that profile. Literally, that that was part of it. They're like he has the one percent like outlier physical profile of what we want for a wing stopper. Uh, hasn't gone well in Minnesota. Kind of a laughing stock. Let's bet on our ability to bring it out of him. And in their case, it worked. Like, he exceeded everything I thought. that. Like, I thought what they got from him last year was a success, mm-hmm. and they took him to another level. But that's a different conversation. Yeah, no, but again, no, but again, it's such a rare commodity on the market that 
you're just and this is I think what the Blazers are trying to do is it's exploit kind of a market inefficiency. There's just not enough of those guys. But what about the guys that can legitimately replicate those kind of things? Again, like the Bruce Browns and the GP2s. There's there's not many of them. Marcus Smart, I think, is also on that list. Uh, Kyle Lowry in his prime could kind of bump up a little bit. Drew can bump up. Guys that Caruso. Play, Caruso. Uh, hell, even Lonzo to an extent. Guys that DeAndre can, Melton. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm just naming names but, for the sake but of it. No, but no, yeah. guys that their profiles push them up significantly more than they're given credit for. And I think that puts them in a in a situation that allows them to do things they have done. The Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum teams have never had a point-of-attack defender. Nobody. And I have, a, I have a take for you. I think perimeter defense is actually undervalued at this point because mm-hmm. in general, 90% of the league... If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Sorry, I got a phone call coming in. 90% of the league shoots between like 33 and 38% on threes, Mm -hmm. and they're not shooters. You know, you got the Steph Currys of the world. Um, and then you got like the Draymond Greens of the world who just can't shoot and everyone else, the vast majority of rotation lives in that like middle sphere. If they have a hot month, they're shooting 41%. If they have a cold month, it's 28%. Mm -hmm. What I'm getting at is I'd rather take a guy like GP2 who's a legit elite defender and just work to get his three point shot up to being in that like run of the mill, like 33 to 36 range then try to get a bunch of shooters on the floor who can't defend. It works better that way, usually. It does, because here's the thing. You're also, much like the Warriors, you have two of the best shooters in the league. Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons are two of the best. Ant, when it's all said and done, may end up a top ten guy. That's the kind of profile he's putting up right now with what he's been able to do off the dribble, catch and shoot. Like his, His volume is absolutely bonkers dame's already on that list and steph has put the bar up so high it's unbelievable but when you've got that ability already on your team and we've already seen this with damon cj you need to again pivot into the skid go another way they, they add jeremy grant obviously uh justice winslow is brought into the team josh hart is brought into the team it's it's very clear jabari walker who looks like a guy who's gonna be a a a guy who matters uh, for them going forward. But if you look at what they're trying to do, it's it's not hard to figure it out. But when, when I look at, at, at Gary, do you think his, uh, his ability 
is wasted in Portland because I've gotten a lot of that. Because Portland is is running two small guards again between Damon and Ant. Yeah, I don't think small guards is the issue because he played next to Steph, who's, I don't know, maybe a half inch taller than Dame. And, you know, Dame might actually weigh more than him. And they played him next to Steph majority of the time. So it's not like GP2 playing the two was not the reason that the Warriors had issues or anything like that. I think my question is, will Portland move the ball on offense? Because part of GP2 finding success is the Warriors are a very ball movement oriented offense. Sometimes it annoys Warrior fans that they don't just put Steph in a high pick and roll every possession. But part of that movement leads to taking advantage of his cutting. Mm -hmm. Uh, If the offense is going to be more of that, like, um, you know, Maury ball, just like pound the ball, high pick and roll. I could see GP2 having issues. He's not meant to play in an offense like that. He's best if the ball is moving and next thing you know, he's cutting and, I mean, he's a top one percent athlete, so him cutting—it's a dunk, or he's you're sending it to the he's, foul he's line. He's a ninety-nine percentile finisher too. Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things where it's like, is Portland—is the ball going to move? Because if the ball moves, he's going to have a lot of games. Where you're like, they didn't run a single play for him, but he got twelve points in fifteen minutes. Type mm-hmm. of stuff. Put into perspective, just how good he is at <laughs> generating deflections and steals. Um, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he led the league on a permanent basis in all yes. of them. Uh, he is easily the best guard defend point of attack defender in the NBA. Like, I really don't think it's close. I think he, I think he's freakishly outlier good at it. Doesn't foul anyone gets his hands on everything. Uh, and really takes pride in being that guy as well. Um, he's, you know, it's, it's, Everyone's so enamored with three-point shooting that I think that's also part of the reason he fell, where it's like, well, if he's not a 3 and D guy, how does he fit? I'm like, he's better at defense than your 3 and D guys. Just get a little more creative with how you want to use him, work on developing that shot so it's, you know, good enough, good enough to get by. You know, he's he had games where he hit four threes with the Warriors because they left him wide open and he proved he could hit that shot. But, like, at no point are you running him off of a pin down like you would, you know, C.J. McCollum back in the day or something. No, you're right? running him off the back cut. The yeah, pin, exactly. the, the pin down action, the, the floppy's happening. He's running the baseline. Somebody else is popping up. Uh, mm-hmm. When you look at him and, and his addition to this team and how this – roster is, is shaking out so far and it looks like for the most part they're done uh i don't think they're going to peel something off in, in the the dawn of a mitchell trade that appears to be done or not done depending on who you talk to right now it, i think it's for the better they don't by the way i don't see the value there that just make that's just like a slightly better version of what you had with him and cj oh no again i'm, I'm looking at a, not another big piece i'm looking at like peeling off like a guy like a jared vanderbilt or something like oh that. I, just, I see what you're just, yeah. just just a little just cutting off a little slice um but when you look at this roster, we were talking about this before we went up. What's your kind of general feel of, of how this roster is shaking out, even though it's not a complete, it's not completely done. It's interesting. I don't, with the caveat, I'm not sure the upside of a lot of these guys that they'll reach this year. I like the concept of this roster way more. Like you're surrounding Dame with a lot of athleticism that can guard multiple positions. Um, uh, we, we've obviously talked about GP2. I know he can guard three positions. Jeremy Grant, uh, another wing who people can point at his flaws. But again, there's only so many six, eight guys, the seven foot wingspan with the capability of guarding and putting 20 points on the board like he can, like maybe 10 guys in the league total, you know? Um, 
Justice Winslow, interesting flyer. Like, I wanted the worst to take a flyer on him for a while. Wing can do a little bit of everything. Toolsy, really physical defender. Uh, Josh Hart, same thing. And then go down the line with some of like, your younger guys, like Jabari, pa- Jabari Walker. Sorry, not Jabari It's okay. Parker. Listen, I've heard about 16 people do the same thing at Summer League. Yeah, Jabari Parker would have been a terrible addition. But Jabari Walker, I'm very intrigued with as a, you know, a wing with upside. Uh, Drew Banks, same thing. Um, some of the other guys like Greg Brown, so like, like it's it's just a it's a roster with a lot of defensive upside, and that can make teams uncomfortable on that end and get them out to transition a little more. And then in the half court, you're just gonna run everything through Dame anyway. Exactly. It's I mean it's, it's come winning time, we know where the ball's going, regardless of ball movement or whatever else you want to say. That's we all know it's gonna be Dame and and run and pick and roll. That's just now. Whether that's with Yusuf Nurkic or somebody else, a closing lineup where if there's not a traditional big on the floor, does GP Grant Hart or Nas is that your closing lineup? It's super small, but does it allow you to do things offensively or defensively that you wouldn't be able to do in the past? And with blitzing and trapping and switching across everything, I don't know. It's 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 certainly um, it's certainly honestly it- interesting. I'll put it this way. I like the concept of this roster more than majority of the Dame CJ rosters where they didn't have a single wing and it was just so obvious how you could exploit them. Like it was always like two small guards and a bunch of centers was the roster. There was no in between. Yeah. And and even like the, the bigger wings, smaller bigs, whatever you want to call them, they were not defensive players or they were old and past their prime, like trying to sign Pau Gasol or, uh, you know, Azili on a reclamation project or Anthony Tolliver or Hazonia or something along those lines. Nick Stauskas, like even the wings weren't really wingy. They were more uh, Duncan Robinson than wing. And I think this, but obviously the Warriors came off a a well-earned, well-deserved title where they out-executed the uh, Boston Celtics. <laughs> Not the better team, just executed. Just, yeah, just executed better. Definitely right. Um, where do you peg both these teams going into next season? Um, great question. So I think the Warriors are probably going to be in the top three. I'm not convinced they'll have the best record. I think I might bet Denver have the best record in the West if they're just because just because of the health they're going to run through wins Jamal Murray um, Michael Porter Jr. and stuff coming back I'm intrigued by them and what they can accomplish uh, I do think the Warriors will end up with a top four seed Memphis would be the other one where I'm like mm-hmm. they know how to win games they play really hard in the regular season they're probably going to walk into 55 plus just by virtue of their style um, Portland probably play in range is where I'm at unless one of the younger guys pops. Mm-hmm. That's my question for you, which who's, is it going to be Nasir little? Is it going to be, and I'm talking about in cotton, like I expect Dame to be Dame. I expect Anthony Simons to pick up where he left off last year. To basically fill CJ's role. Yeah. And I'm expecting Jeremy Grant to be kind of what he was, but a little more efficient because he's playing in a better situation. Mm-hmm. So ultimately like a really useful complimentary player, uh, and one Portland hasn't had. I'm curious who of the Josh Hart, Nasir Little, um, maybe Jabari Walker, maybe GP2. If one of those guys pops, I could see Portland breaking into the 4-5 range. I'm going to assume it probably doesn't happen, mm-hmm. and the West is just deep. Like, these are teams 
these are teams on paper I would have above Portland. Memphis, Denver, Dallas, Minnesota, New Orleans, Golden State were at six right there. Yeah. And I forgot the Clippers. Clippers, seven. Mm -hmm. Uh, Clippers, and I didn't mention the Suns either, so now we're at eight. Eight. So that's that's tough. That's why I'm saying playing range. I may, maybe I'm a little too overzealous on the Pelicans because um, you know they had a nice end to the season. I, I, I'm and with there's you. an it's, assumption. CJ Zion Bi is that's a lot with a bunch with a bunch of goons. Yeah, like, I mean Herb Jones, Trey to... Murphy, JV, like that's and and Jose, like that's just a lot of stuff. Yeah, to deal with and. and I think there'd be some coming to earth with CJ and, and BI to an extent with Zion on the roster. But again, that, that's a, it's a lot, it's a lot of weapons and it's a team that's difficult to deal with. The interesting thing I've, I've, I find with all of this is I, I ultimately have come to the same conclusion. They're right around the play. And I think their, their peak is probably six, like in a normal season without a, a bunch of teams getting injured or somebody going nuclear. Like I think their range is probably six to nine, but I saw a sports book had a line on them today of okay. 40 and a half wins. With Where does that put them? Doing the math on that, that's like 10th or 11th. Okay. But I, personally, I'm smashing the over because I look at teams in the West that teams are going to feast on because the tanking is going to be egregious. The bad teams are going to be really bad and everybody's going to get a lot of wins on those guys. Shout out Houston. Houston, um, Utah, I think, I think OKC San Antonio. Is San Antonio. You have four of the tankiest tank, tankity tank teams in yeah. the league in the West. Curious about OKC because they're probably still not close to contending, but no. there's there's a there's at least four teams in the West who are in far worse shape than them in terms of wins this year. The, so. the drop-off is there. Like, it is a – so you're telling me, like, 10-11 is – Possibly Portland, the Kings, and then the, the four worst teams in the in the league. Like I just yeah. so I, I think there's going to be some some feasting on those. If I gave you if I'm if I'm giving you forty and a half, are you taking the over on that or on, are you taking the under? If you can, I'll take the over because I have no reason to believe Dame won't be healthy this year. But it really just comes down to like, am I going to get over seventy plus games from Dame? Because if I am. Yeah. I think they get 500 at worst. And that's you know, that's, that's the thing is like, I have Damian Lillard. Healthy Damian Lillard is a 44 win team. Yeah, like that. That's if, he's if that you just good. put a, if you put a bunch of athleticism around him, uh, and and they're bought in. Like your worst case is you're yeah you know, like you're 42. It's like kind of mediocre, but like you know he's able to drag a bunch of wins out of you. I I mean the 2015 team he he or 2016 team he took Alfred Camino and and uh, Mo Harkless. You know, to the playoffs. I just, My guy Mo. Yeah, like it's it's not it's it does it's not hard for me to envision forty three or forty four wins, sure. but I think that's also like forty five. So like kind of ceiling with how things are currently shaking up. Less to do with them, more about the teams above them and how how good the West really is right now. Um, one last thing on GP, and then we'll get you out of here. Okay. If you're looking uh, best case, worst case scenario. What what roles do you see him in where he succeeds? Where do you see where he fails? How does Portland optimize him? And what is um, something maybe you, you you found about him watching him this last year that you were just like, that's incredible. I, I just didn't never notice that before. 
Uh, best case is the three-point shot continues to translate so he can always stay on the floor. He's closing lineups next to Dame because when he's hitting that shot, he is one of the best cutters in the league and he is one of the best defenders in the league. And that guy's always a closing player on every team. Playing about 25 minutes a game, doesn't matter if he's starting or coming off the bench. He's You know he's out there when it's crunch time. Worst case... Um, the shot falls off a cliff because it was one magical year and he can't rediscover it. And Portland is trying to figure out how they can play him and not get Tony Allen. That's your, that's like, that's your absolute worst case. Um, what's the one thing I found out about him this year? I mean, he is, it's not even a basketball thing. It's just like built for it. You yeah, know no, what I mean? No, like he perfect, is, yeah. he's an absolute competitor. You would think a guy who bounced around the league who hadn't been in those moments might get a little shook in the playoffs. And it's a complete opposite. He came back from the elbow injury, the Which hairline was fracture. Nasty. Yeah, it was just a dirty. It was, it was dirty. And, no, no, you could say it. it was dirty. Yeah, it was. And he, I don't know if they beat Boston in six without him because they desperately needed another wing defender. And once he was reasserted into the lineup, Boston couldn't score. Boston got worse offensively as the series went on. The Warriors got better defensively as the series went on. GP2 didn't play game one. Always remember that. He played amazing game two. Game three, he didn't look good. And from there on out, he was awesome. And um, just just the toughness. Like, you just you can't teach that sort of stuff. Like, you could tell the man's grimacing anytime someone touches his elbow as soon as, like, there's a stoppage. And then when he's playing, he's acting like it's nothing. Um I don't think you can put like a price on that type of toughness. Well, I guess you can. I guess there is a price that the Warriors were willing to let it walk away. But <laughs> okay, what? Where are the Warriors at? I'll get you out of here on this on the luxury tax. Is it? Is it the seven dollars per dollar spent right now? It seems to me they are capping total spending at three hundred fifty million. Um, okay, and. So that's like 180 to payroll and like 170 to taxes right now, which is why you hear Joe Lacob politicking aggressively about how the luxury tax system is unfair, unfair and prohibitive. Very, very unfair. Very. (laughs) We're punished. We're punished for drafting well and developing well. And it cost them a half million dollars. Yeah. And it's like, and I get it. I just don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to get half the owners to buy it, but Got to you know you. Well, hey, you got you got to you, you can't gotta, sell you can't sell something you don't try to sell. You, you got to spend money to make money. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, <laughs> I think that's really what it comes down to for the Warriors. I think they, I don't think they want to go much over forty mil over the cap. And like, let's be real, like that's still a lot over the cap. It, it's, it's still record setting. Like yeah, every, every, want, every team that's listed right now, if you look at the most money spent, it's all Warriors. If you want to criticize them, you it should be along the lines of should you really be worried about developing for the future and like the sizable cap hits that lottery picks have versus trying to return a team who just won a title? Like, you know, like, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying they should have done this, but like GP two is making less than Wiseman next year, which is Wiseman, obviously a number, an, obviously a number two pick with a lot of upside, but which of those two players is more likely to help you defend the title? It's GP two right now, right now. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so, again, we and, just talked about the whole idea of like, if you did bring him back, you could, trade him also if if Wiseman all of a sudden does hit you could move off and 
get sure. another asset. And I'm, not, and, and I'm not saying they should do that, but it's like one of those things where it's like, if you're capping, you can't look at GP2's number in context of the luxury tax. You have to look at it in context of, all right, if you're saying 190 is the most we'll spend for payroll, which by the way, is still more than every other team, who are we not spending money on, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They they feel like they could internally make up for the difference. They don't have any player who can do the things he can, but someone like Dante DiVincenzo or Moses Moody can replace his minutes in a different way. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, he was a massive fan favorite here. So that's why I sound salty. Like he, no, no, he's one of the easiest, be. he's that's one that's of the easiest guys to root for. Um, it's why I sent you that message. Most entirely to screw <laughs> with you. Cause I, I knew. Yeah, I just I ignored it and I was like, yeah, isn't this full of it? And then, and then, when, it, and then when it happened, I muted you for a couple of days. <laughs> I didn't want to deal with it. Uh huh. Anyway. No, I respect it. Listen, petty, petty Olympics, man, always. Uh, well, hey, man, thank you for taking the time. I know you're busy as hell. Um, you can follow Sam at Sam Esfendiari on Twitter at LightYearsPod. Uh, that him and Andy do the best stuff out there for the Warriors, so definitely go check them out. Uh, also, remember Sam is at Watch Playback, which uh, when we get back into the thick of things, uh, we will be doing Watch Playback parties. The the Watch Parties will come back in full force. That will start in the preseason as soon as we get what games will be on TV. Uh, we will be back to it. We may, we may, depending on how scheduling goes with uh, – with the old football, because uh, Dusty and I are both traveling a ton here for college and the NFL to start the offseason. Uh, we may get some uh, some breakdowns from Summer League uh, when we get uh, potentially get uh, some of the guys from the Summer League roster here on the show. But again, thank you, uh, Sam, for joining us. You can find us at Jack Ramsey's, at Danny Bragg. You guys can follow uh, at Brandon Sprague. You can also follow Brandon and I's radio shows at Dirt and Sprague, at D- Danny and Dusty. Uh, Brandon is on, obviously, 6 to 9 in the mornings on 1080. I am on noon to 3 with Dusty. Uh, until then, take care, everybody. Talk soon.